innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. In this dynamic world, we humans are always looking forward to new experiences and new products, which are convenient and can make our lives simpler. From a simple light bulb to a smartphone, human development today hinges on new ideas. Ideas which can be implemented and utilized by humans themselves. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Convo, a talk show where we interview industry experts from various fields. I'm Himanshu Sharma. And I'm Bhuvi Pandey. For today's episode, we are going to look for some expert advice on a topic which forms the very basis of the industries and the corporate world, innovation. For this, we have with us Mr. Manish Bhatia, Managing Director and CEO of DIC India. Here's what you can expect. Uh, I think most companies follow what, in my terminology, I call a $1 innovation. So typically what they do is they create an innovation by spending a dollar and earn $2 out of it. So typically that is how they create value for themselves. We also had another product which we call it washable three-in-one. So very simply, we gave him a kit. In that kit, the paint was done. And we gave him two things. We gave them, uh, we gave him a sauce pouch and we gave him a lipstick. And we told him that if you take a normal paint and put it, if you ever rub, lipstick stains never go away. Or the sauce stains go very difficult. But if you just rub, it would go delivered. So what we tried to do was convert science, use science knowledge, because you know this is all um, uh, chemical industry knowledge, which is converted to a consumer. Thank you so much for being with her today, Mr. Bhatia. So first of all, I'd like to start with a small introduction. Mr. Bhatia began his career with ICI India. Later, he worked with Axonogel, where he contributed immensely on various aspects of sales, marketing, innovation, and change management. During his years there, he was involved in several business and brand strategy projects. He was also the president of Hindware, and under his leadership, Hindware won the Good Homes Award in Innovation. Currently, he is the managing director and CEO of DIC India and is skilled in managing a complex business environment and coming up with innovative solutions to refine the quality of any task undertaken. Wow, such an amazing portfolio. So, so you have been known for your innovative thinking and Hindwar has also won Good Homes Award in Innovation under your leadership. Could you please give an instance in your life where innovative thinking or an innovative, uh, innovative idea was the reason that changed your life? So, uh, Imanchu, that's it. So, Imanchu, I think uh, we uh, let's first understand what you know innovation is. Uh, we we often make a broad, you know, we all get very excited when something innovative happens. But most humans innovate every day in the life for something or the other. You know, as simple as uh, the way you would use a knife to cut a vegetable so that you do not pierce your hand is itself an innovation itself. And in corporate world, uh, normally uh, what you call as uh, blue ocean innovations or innovations which are completely out of the box are rare. It is the red ocean innovations or innovations which are incremental innovations which often provide you a lot of success. Uh, 
but uh, since you've asked me an example and there are quite a few i'll i'll try and give you an example in my early days in uh, uh, in the paint industry uh, so it's uh, when typically the the biggest problem when you sell a wall paint is difficult for anybody to demonstrate how this product would look when the product is done because when you buy so as a consumer you are buying a finished paint wall but what a company is selling you is a can of paint so there is a difference between the two our ex expectations and delivery are different so we had a paint which was introduced in the market basically if you ever travel to mumbai or western part of india you see a lot of hairline cracks on the wall uh, which do not look nice even in delhi it is there uh, so uh, we launched a paint which had a stretchable film so paint if you take a paint patch it breaks into two you know it is very brittle but it was a flexible paint film which would work like a elastomeric rubber or something like a rubber which will uh, expand and contract and not allow the water to go in so to give you a very very basic concept now we wanted to bring this concept alive to a painter who will explain to consumers like you and me or your families who maybe who technically know more about science than the painter right so what we did was that we uh, uh we created two concepts one concept was we actually painted the paint um, on a art paper to create thick films and this film was a very low cost marketing design tool which a painter could carry and if he if a consumer asked him what is usp of a product he would just stretch the film and we we made this film by millions so a painter would carry 50 in a pocket so i think this was uh, a communication innovation and a science innovation which was dovetailed into one and allowed uh, the painter to sort of uh, communicate the the you know what would call as the usp of the product uh, and uh, so this was one secondly we also had another product which we call it washable three in one so very simply we gave him a kit in that kit the paint was done and we gave him two things we gave them uh, we gave him a sauce pouch and we gave him a lipstick and we told him that if you take a normal paint and put it if you ever rub lipstick stains never go away or the sauce stains go very difficult but if you just rub it would go delivered so what we tried to do was convert science use science knowledge because you know this is all Um, uh, chemical industry knowledge, which is converted to a consumer understanding, and there would be uh, many of them. Uh, a marketing, very simple marketing innovation is that uh, if you go to a, a Panwala showroom today, have you ever seen uh, one uh, rupee or a five rupee? Now it's five rupees. Five rupee shampoo sachets hanging. So if you see, you know, they have those shampoo sh uh, sachets which you can buy. Uh, uh, at five rupee or a ten rupee or whatever that SQP says. So if you step out of India and if you, some of you were travelled out of India, you never find that small sachet out of India. So in India, one of the reasons there is a low penetration of soaps and detergents is that the SQP cost is very high. As a result, you know you you assume there is an aspiration of a lower middle class segment to use Dove. but dav is quite expensive so it remains an aspiration so how does a marketer bring that uh, for a consumer for trial 
what he does or what they did you know this was actually not done by either procter gamble or hindustan river this scheme was done by a company called chick shampoo down south because they could not get shelf space but what they actually did was they created a small pouch which did not require space to hang you could hang it by a thread but it is in your eye when you go to a shop so it was effectively a marketing innovation done to attract consumers to drive trial and research uh, in a consumer space and after that all the global leaders adopted it so i that was a very yeah many examples but this sort of comes to very uh, quickly to mind i can give you a few more but you know this is a very example which i think really changed the way uh, uh, marketing uh, spo marketing is driven by you know this large fmcg industry yes yeah, so we agree your examples gave me a very new perspective on the very definition of innovation and how it can be incorporated um, and integrated in both industry and scientific uh, scientific world now we as students are told the importance of innovation and out of the box thinking from a very young age how exactly do you think is this particular knowledge important in the corporate world and can you elucidate on the importance of innovation and what would happen if the corporate world did not have innovation and tried to survive solely by conventional methods which the other corporate industries have been following so uh, i think the most companies follow what in my terminology i call a 1 dollar innovation so typically what they do is they create an innovation by spending a dollar and earn 2 dollars out of it so typically that is how they create value for themselves iphone for example technically all of you are you know you you know the gadgets more than i would do at my generation but between iphone 11 and 10 or let's say 11 pro or whatever it is barring the camera there is incremental change or let's say between 11 and 12 you are moving from 4g to 5g but india doesn't have a 5g but people still buy 12 uh, pro so what they have done is they have spent an x amount of rupee and taken maybe one and a half or two x value out of it so that's how corporate normally drive innovation and the reason is very simple so it is not easy to find white spaces in product uh, solutions available today uh, and uh, uh, unless you find a white space you would struggle to find a breakthrough innovation so ipad for example is a white space available between a phone and a laptop where a convenience of you know laptop and handy of a phone was found as a white space and apple came and took the market of it now and there are i would say corporates are in some sense to be blamed for it because there are always budget cost pressures and other things etc uh but we also what we miss out typically when we do innovation is you know there is this concept called design thinking so design thinking looks at innovation in a very different manner so if you want to innovate you normally would say i want to create something new you know that's what people come with but i think the innovation starts with having a deep empathy with the consumer and finding what is his need gap and then trying and finding solutions to fulfill the need gap unfortunately if you start from saying that i have this you know toolbox available 
and i would like to create the best of the toolbox you are thinking as a technologist as a scientist as a marketer but where is the heart of the or where is the core of the consumer in it is normally not there so uh, if you guys ever get to read you know read about this concept called design thinking design thinking actually helps you go to the core of how to look at innovation find the white spaces and if you do that well it uh, you know there is a good chance that you would be able to latch up into a breakthrough innovation to make it successful is the next realm of business work but typically to find the spaces that's how we would do if it but as i said earlier most people would look at doing an incremental 1 dollar innovation because that's also that's the bread and butter of good corporates today okay so uh following up on this since you mentioned company dynamics how can a company possibly increase the reach and build a large consumer base to reach out to the to a larger audience i think look uh, if i look at from let's say take it from an india perspective just for our understanding and then we can look at global requirements as long as in uh, a company understands its consumers well it would need it would have and it addresses those needs it would have solutions available to the customers for the consumers now it also needs not only to understand what a customer needs well it also needs to understand how do you customers buy products so uh, for example let's take an example today let's assume for a moment that uh, there were no amazon and flipkart of the world right now if you were to ever buy let's say uh, let's take an example like a phone how many kilometers would you travel to buy a phone just assume a situation there is no amazon or flipkart i don't think you would travel 25 kilometers to buy a phone so if your phone is not available within 5 kilometers to your this uh, you know space place then or 7 10 kilometers for your space maybe you would not go for that brand now just replicate this situation into a tier 3 town in india where amazon may not be always reaching out you know we are all lucky to be in metros now if a company might have a product the reason i'm giving you example a company might have a product but does not have designed a wherewithal to reach the last mile connectivity to a customer then it would fail so it either fails on product development of understanding customer needs or it fails on availability of the product uh, when the customer requires and in the end it finally end up it could even fail on the price you do everything right but the price at astronomical price it, uh, it fails so i think the corporate needs to uh, uh, for is to expand its product portfolio to a larger audience you need to cover all these you know these are classically marketers call it four p's uh, but uh, i think it's very simply making it available at the point that the person would need at the price he needs and in the method that he would need Oh, thank you, sir. You talked about various innovations and uh, even small innovations that create a huge impact on the company. So, how do these innovations exactly come from? Is it a natural tendency of a person to be innovative, or it can be acquired via practice and experience in that particular field? Okay, so I think innovation, uh, in my personal view, is not in the realms of certificates and degrees, and we have. very strong examples where workmen on the shop floor have given innovative ideas uh, i have had uh, situations where the door 
you know, the security guard has come and given us innovation ideas. I think it's important for us because humans have a very fertile mind. They would need keep on thinking. I think you need to have an organizational process around it. I work in a Japanese company. We follow this concept called Kaizen, continuous improvement. So Kaizen is nothing about identifying learning incidences and uh, or finding opportunities in the daily work and finding improvement. And each of this improvement, when you connect as a larger group, then uh, you are able to make an innovative you know, action out of it. So uh, I'll just, I'll give you an example, you know, with this COVID happening around, uh, you know, we were following some security protocols wherein uh, we were extensively asking all our employees to meet, you know, we would give them a fresh mask to wear everywhere. And uh, the mask had to be deposited in a certain place because it's a bio, you know, biohazard when you are using a mask. Uh, so imagine a factory with 400 people wearing, given a fresh piece of mask every day and everybody, and given two masks in a day, first shift, second shift, you know, before lunch, after lunch. So end of the day, you're, you're creating 800 masks and then you have uh, three shifts, so you're creating 2,400 masks down. Now, how do you, uh, you know, what do you do? You just throw it in the garbage, the guy would come, but you're still creating a problem. So one of the workmen came us, they gave us a solution about how to use incinerators to, you know, convert this mask into uh, sanitized fabric, which could be used for, you know, not medical use for other use, etc. And we've sort of started using And this idea did not come up by the head of R&D or head of technology. It came from a workman. So what, uh, uh, so I think, as I said, it can come from anybody. How would company do, make this more uh, fertile is, you need to uh, have a very strong uh, culture of allowing people to communicate, to share observations, to share ideas. And, also a culture where you make people believe that no idea is a stupid idea. I think the starting point of a, you know, so as I was talking about design phase, in so the first phase of design thinking is called empathy, which says nothing is a stupid idea. And in any group dynamics that I'm sure you would also see, uh, there are people who are very active participants and there are people who are passive thinkers. Now people who are passive speakers are not generally the people who would not know. Maybe they have a lot of good ideas, but just because they are afraid to speak out or not given a chance to speak out or they feel that their ideas will be rubbished. As a result, uh, you know, uh, we would sidestep them or don't give them a chance. Uh, so in a, uh, if you are giving people a due chance and giving them a confidence that there's nothing called a stupid idea, then I'm sure, you know, some of these stupid ideas create can be used by another person to create a more exciting idea and then the team could create, I would say, a workable idea. So that culture is very critical for, you know, innovation to continue in an Thank you, sir. That was a very inspiring story that you told us. And you mentioned in your answer that an innovation was suggested by a workman, which really helped you to improve the management of masks in the company. So this particular example, I think clearly, clearly illustrates that innovation is a very important element in order to refine the quality of any job or organization. 
so how exactly do you think innovation begins if someone is completely new to a particular field how does one start being innovative or what does one do what are the personal attributes one should start practicing which lead to innovation actually i feel that people who are completely new to a field are better innovators because you do not you are not bound by predefined ethos that you studied you experience or you know that you've been coached to live through a life so you know all of us as we do our career life career journey we have certain do's and don'ts similarly in our education like you know when you're studying physics we are we are clearly told you know this is what newton said this is what this said this said so we are all all our boundaries well defined and we are conditioned to think in those boundaries and you would say this is right or not that is right so i think somewhere uh, uh, people who land up into a new role and i have done three or four different organizations and a few different roles i always believe when i have landed fresh into a role uh, i come from a different perspective and there is a different situation when you marry the two you, you know you, you get a chance to think that if this could happen in a different manner so uh, so that uh, is a critical element which should not be suppressed which is something which should uh, continue uh, uh, and should be sort of encouraged uh, and uh, that would allow innovation to uh, you know go forward so uh, you know if for example let's take uh, an example where uh, i was reading about uh, uh, an automobile company so i don't remember which one i think it was one of those german ones uh you know i used to handle one of them as a key account manager at some point in time and uh i was talking to a design engineer then this is around 7 or 8 years back and he said uh we'd invite truck drivers to advise us on a car so i was quite surprised and i said why do you do so he says because those guys know how to handle rugged vehicles and we want to get there in the you know idea about it and then another guy said look he is a guy who is sitting at a height and he knows when he hits my car what will happen so you know just look at the way the you know somebody who was designing was approaching because he was looking at if my car is hit at a height of 3 and 1/2 feet it could impact my car badly and hence i need to make my roof you know stressed uh, stress structure structure of my roof uh, roof far more stronger because i might have an impact opportunity because of this inside the truck drivers given so did the truck driver contribute to innovation he definitely did is he a well qualified certified automobile expert definitely not but he had an experience with him which he, which was harnessed very sensibly by the design engineer so i think these are examples where uh, you could continuously roll in innovation uh and also role in innovation where you are not uh, knowledgeable about an industry uh and uh, what lot of companies do for example is there's a marketing technique called focus group discussions uh so typically they would get their consumers to come together and talk about products and give them an example uh so you know i'll let me give you a simple example uh, uh you know let's assume you're launching a brand of watches uh and 
you are saying that this brand of watches is targeted at young upwardly mobile females. So if you were to bring those you know, set of consumer profiles together and get them to talk about luxury, for example, their cues on luxury will give you insights about how they interpret luxury in jewelry, and then you can interpret them into watches. So you had people who had nothing to do with your product who gave you insights, but it was important for you to draw inferences from those insights and connect to your innovation. So I would normally, you know, so I have taken few, uh, uh, I would say lectures or you can call sessions on innovation and strategy with a couple of management colleges. And I always encourage students and tell them when you are doing something uh, which is innovative, always create a group which is very diverse and always allow diverse views to seep in and help build on those views. That would give you a far better product than same set of minds working together. Even if you go to a call, you know, uh, if you go to a hospital, they try and get doctors from different, uh, you know, specializations together to give an opinion because they bring their own set of view and sometimes it, a commonality helps. So that's how uh, not being part of the same uh, industry, organization, etc., may also support innovation. Definitely, sir, I'm able to connect this with the theoretical science that we study. Even Albert Einstein, by asking certain stupid questions like what is time, made so uh, ground-breaking theories on relativity, and these led to innovations in the field of science and technology. Uh, so now we come to the last question. In industry, especially in our country, uh, there have been various changes, especially due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So what do you think is the future of Indian industry uh, in the next five years? And will these changes continue? And what kind of changes will happen in the industry? So I'll divide your past, uh, question into two parts. One, so one uh, linked to changes in the industry as a result of uh, COVID-19 and you know, long-term view on what you're talking about in the industry. Look, uh, COVID-19 has fundamentally changed uh, in a lot of essence the way we work. The use of technology has gone to a very different level. You know, for example, uh, you know, I run in a I run a manufacturing company where our customers are out there in the market, and uh, typically we would have been interacting with customers even at my level on a very regular basis, maybe five six days in a month or something like that. Uh, and being in an office was very critical because of the nature of the industry. We are dealing with chemicals and stuff like that. And 75% of us were working at home for last three months, or now for 15 months for a lot of people. Now, um, just because of adaption of technology, not only in the way we communicate, but also in the way we in uh, you know um, uh, address our um, processes in office. So when people travel today, they expend money. When they expend money, they need to claim it back from the company. So typically in a company, they use pen and paper to fill vouchers. Now, even if they fill electronically, somebody has to ratify it. And that ratification requires an approval and then the payment happens. So if all of this has become automated, it has eliminated jobs, but it has also brought some efficiency. So 
I think what I mean to say is there is so uh, the the shift of uh, to automation and use of technology is something which is here to stay, which is good uh, because it also delivers productivity. Uh, the culture of five days, six days a week would not. I I think it would evolve into uh, you know a hybrid culture because people finally want to meet each other. You know they get sick of sitting at home, so it could change on that matter. So there would be uh, similarly uh, in industries which require a lot of B two B customer interaction like ours, we are moving using technology tools to actually not go to a customer side but address his technological problems. So in summary, the technology will drive a lot of behavioral change in the way industry would work going forward in future, uh, but it will not completely shift because. Uh, there is always a fatigue with technology in a certain cross section of people, so there would be a mix of it. That would be the change which has happened. Uh, there, there would always be two sets of organizations: one which would adapt the change and drive the change, and some would be laggard in the change. And I think that would create a wider chasm between the two organizations. The one which would drive the change would be the one which would be adapted to the new technology faster. Uh, and that I think uh, is going to happen not only in India but globally. It's already happening. In terms of what would happen to industry in India, India has historically been a self-consuming economy. I think we roughly consume seventy percent of what we produce. We are very limited export base, and we are not a very large manufacturing setup organization or, or a country. Sorry, not organization country. Unlike like a China or even for that matter, a country like Vietnam or something like that. Uh, this change of this impact of COVID has made a lot of the corporates, including ours, uh, look at productivity in a far deeper sense. Uh, because uh, last year was decline year for most companies, but companies did declare profit. So companies did a lot of productivity exercises, which is which is good because that has made Indian companies more competitive to the global companies. You know, India always lacked infrastructure and productivity in its uh, in its companies and its uh, manufacturing setup. So I think that's happened well. If work, if this this whole situation is invested well and grown well, I'm sure, you know, as your generation goes into corporate world, you will have a far wider corporate world to work with than what we had or even today. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, that was a very enriching experience for our team and is certain to help us in the future, in our future endeavors, not only in this competition, but also beyond that, when we're working in different organizations ourselves. The fact that you mentioned so many examples really made us imagine the particular scenario and understand the intricacies of the corporate world in a more practical sense. So once again, thank you so much for sparing some of your time for us and giving us such an ins insightful experience. We're so glad that you were there with us today. Thank you, thanks a lot. Uh, all the best to both of you and your team. Thank you, sir. Thank you, stay safe.